Welcome back, nerds, to another episode of Judging Nerd Culture. I'm Ollie. And I'm Jess. So we were gone for a little, a little extra week there. Uh, there's a bunch of little projects coming out on the uh, Delta Crypto Production uh, YouTube channel, and I just need a little extra time to, in order to get all those done uh, properly. Um, speaking of which, just a quick little thing. On Wednesday the 13th, uh, the Terramahia Actual Play podcast will uh, be coming out on any podcast app really as well as the the youtube channel we will be able to see me and uh hannah and david who are actually playing uh go through the game and have a good time uh so yeah that's what's coming out this wednesday uh this should be out enough in advance to give you a little like something to do next time uh but that's for the future for now we're talking about uh the brand new movie uh handyman and the 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 I think it's it's not connected to the old ones at all, right? Yeah, it's like a continuation sort of. It is. Oh, see, I did not know. I've never seen Candyman. Well, in the movie, they you know mention. Well, they mention the, part of the plot is based on the old movies, Ollie. I never watched the movies. I didn't know. Well, uh, how do you not know just by watching? The movie last night. Well, they kept talking about cool things from the past, and I and I understand that could have been the references, but it also just could have been stuff they made up. I don't know. I told you it was the you from s- the old ones. <laughs> Fair enough. All I remember was you saying, that's the original guy. I thought it was just like a little homage. I didn't know it was actually connected. Okay? Not all I said. When they were telling, when they sat down in... The main character's apartment and her brother was telling the story. I told you, hey, that's the, those are the, that's the story from the first movies. Oh, that's what you said. Yes. That's not what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways. So we're talking about the, the new Candyman movie, the continuation, I guess. And. It was a lot of fun. I, I, I really enjoyed our time in that uh, in the cinemas. Uh, but before we get too far into it, just a quick little thing that I heard the last couple of weeks uh, that are kind of nice. Uh, if you are a person who likes to do video games on your computer and you want to uh, use Linux because you're, you're a bad person like me, uh, anti-cheats are coming to Linux through Proton and other sources as well, but mostly through Proton. So that's nice. We can start playing some of the games uh, on Linux that you can play on uh, a Windows, and that's neat. Uh, the other thing is that the Steam Deck is uh, getting more publicity, and they even showed a breakdown. So you can, uh, the Valve is saying that the Steam Deck they'll be available to, they'll have parts available for you to swap them out. So if your uh, joystick breaks, you don't have to send it in and get a new one or a replacement or whatever else. You can just buy the joystick and replace it. Which is nice. That's uh, that's neat. Uh, oh, and, and China did some things like uh, restricting video time for children to like two hours a week or something. I didn't pay too much attention because, eh, I don't know, shit happens all the time. And it was just bad. So I ignored it. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Limiting, it depends on how old the kid is, but limiting TV time is good. I think it was a uh, a school age children, so like mm-hmm. middle high school kids, uh, aren't allowed more than like two hours uh, 
during the weekdays, like across the weekdays Mm -hmm. of video game interface time. Well, if they're middle school, high school, then that doesn't make any sense. Like, I know some (laughs) kids can get pretty addicted to um, video games and everything. We've heard the horror stories of World of Warcraft and everything. (laughs) Um, But, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I was talking about kids who are like five years old. <laughs> like they should be <laughs> no, limited. No, no. <laughs> but if it's like fifteen year olds, that's kind of weird because, like, yeah, you probably should still limit them a little bit. Like, not let them play it. Like you know, all day, twenty four seven. Like, make them do other things with their life. But how lame and boring and like, I don't know. Is it like? How would they even, how would the government even, like, record that? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, because, uh, again, I read a unless, little bit of the like, article and said, you know. Unless their is... neighbors were like, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> my neighbor yesterday let his kid watch uh, TV for three hours. Uh, I'm not sure if it is just TV related. I'm not sure if it's just screen time. I think it's very specifically video game time and uh TikTok or other like phone apps that are really we're, we're genuinely getting like super restricted like i think uh something along the lines of like a total of like 30 minutes you're allowed to be on TikTok for a weekend i feel like it should be like per day i don't know i feel like it should be 30 minutes a day at least i mean baby that's just how much you get like before bed yeah uh, I don't know. Uh, and we watch TV and play video games the rest of the, the, rest of the day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just the thing that's happening uh, in China. Uh, mm-hmm. Real bad news for, for, for any child who wants to uh, enjoy any amount of their day. So that sucks for them. Uh, and for, you know, personal freedoms, but who cares? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, the Candyman. So... Can you do a? Do you think you can do a quick breakdown of the plot for us, baby? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty easily here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for decades, the housing projects of Chicago's Cabrini Green was terrorized by a ghost story about a supernatural hook-handed killer. In present day, an artist begins to explore the macabre history of Candyman not knowing it would unravel his sanity and unleash a terrifying wave of violence that puts him on a collision course with destiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, succinct and beautiful, almost like yeah. you read it off the Wikipedia. <laughs> um, so it's directed by Nia DaCosta. Um, one of the producers is Jordan Peele, of course, Ian Cooper, and Wynne Rosenfield. Um, I feel like you don't have to say that Jordan Peele was involved once you watch the movie. You kind of just know. Yeah, you just kind of know. <laughs> um, so, she also, Nia DaCosta is also a, um, I believe, a writer. Or at least uh, she worked on the movies Little Woods and Ghost Tape. Um, if anybody knows what that is, because unfortunately I don't. Um, I've so far only know that she directed Candyman. Yeah, I've never heard of Ghost Tape. No. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> Maybe another movie night. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it, uh, along with just the general, uh, that plot synopsis, 
the the whole the whole movie is really just about uh the, the horrors of uh institutionalized racism like all of the movies that Jordan Peele is a, is accompanied with <laughs> uh this one having to do specifically with uh urbanization and gentrification and sort of the abandonment of uh black communities in general and in the 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 incidents <laughs> that have happened to people over time that have just, you know, kind of culminated into what is now known as Candyman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, I, I really enjoyed, you know, obviously the the whole movie was good, uh, to be honest. I, I really enjoyed it. I don't like horror movies. So luckily it wasn't like super duper jump scare every few minutes or anything like that. There was just a, a few instances of like, ah, there was a guy in the mirror. Ah, there's a, uh, uh, you know, like little bits where I get nervous because I'm bad at his scary movies. <laughs> well, I'm sure you weren't. <laughs> no, when it, <laughs> like it was a very well-made movie and I did enjoy it. Um, it didn't scare me particularly. No, um, I don't There were some it w- gruesome scenes involving his hand, but um, other than that, like, I didn't, if we're talking about, like, actually, like, being scary, like, stereotypical horror movie, it wasn't, like, in in my mind, it wasn't, like, super scary. No, it, it definitely wasn't. That's what I'm saying is, like, it scared me a little because mm-hmm. I'm a big chicken, but it wasn't a very scary <laughs> movie. No. Uh, which it I think was, it's... It was creepy in some parts, mm-hmm. but... Uh, very tense at the very mm-hmm. least. Uh, and not just... Ooh, is someone gonna die here? But just like the the character relationships were also very tense and uncomfortable, uh, which was a lot of fun uh, to to just watch all of the characters uh, slowly go from uh, maybe they're not okay. No, they're kind of crap too. Okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> Within minutes of introducing them, so that was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, so at this point, I'm going to put a little spoiler warning because I might as well just get into some of the more detailed things. This movie came out like two days ago. So uh, we talked a little bit about the plot, the the general themes and whatnot are, like we said, the racial tensions. Uh, And overall, not super scary, but very tense, very uh, deliberate uh, pacing. All in all, very good movie. Yes. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it before you finish off. But I just want to talk about a couple of things that are very spoilery. So there's that. The gruesome gore in this movie, uh, all of it is centered personally around that one guy. Because everything, all the murders, did not care about them. They're like, oh, that was that was unfortunate, whatever. The guy, like the main guy, who like gets transmogrified into the candy man everything about him was horrifying <laughs> like the 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 real fucked up arm and face and everything with the 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 honeycomb appearance to his skin Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that was gross <laughs> it looked so cool though like it was very cool but disgusting yeah um but that's uh candy man's whole thing it's bees yeah. And candy, but I'm, bees. I'm not sure how those two things really combine. I've never understood why bees were involved, but... 
Yeah, I, I mean, if they're there. I, I haven't really, you know, maybe it uh, tells us why the bees are involved in the first movies. They did, they did mention in this movie, in the 2021 movie, about how um, the very first man who, um, like, I, this, this, you know, maybe from the first movie, this may be who Tony Todd plays, the Daniel Rob- Rob- Robitaille, which I think... I think he, that is the very first uh, man who, you know, starts this evolution to Candyman. Um, <laughs> but he, he falls in love with this um, daughter of this factory owner back in like 18-something, like the late 1800s. Yeah. Uh, but she's white and um, she gets pregnant. And when her dad finds out, he has some goons kill him. And tells him to get creative. And then he is beat. His arm is cut off. Um, they shove a hook in it. They uh, rub his chest in honey and let bees sting him mm-hmm. before setting him on fire. So I think maybe that's where the bees come in. <laughs> so, okay. Here's the, okay. I guess that's what I'm saying. That all makes sense. Like, oh, yeah. the bees come in. He has the hook hand. Like, traditionally speaking, the Candyman character makes no fucking sense. Uh, and aesthetic like oh he's got a hook and there's bees and whatever the fuck else is going on but with that backstory it's like okay the honey he's got a thing with the bees now he's like their their comb hive whatever and he has a hook in the hand because they decided to give him a fucking weapon and all this other stuff his face looks like that because he's burnt why the candy why is he called candy man after that? well i think candy man might come into play in cabrini green in like the 1970s when, when they um they find a razor blade in a young girl's candy, and they immediately think it's uh, this man named Sherman who has a prosthetic limb because he lost an arm, and he just gives kids candy because he's just I guess a sweet old man, um, <laughs> and they're like oh it's this guy because he's creepy and not white, and uh, so he hides himself away. Okay. He, Let's be honest. He was a little creepy. Sherman Sherman was walking a... around, giving little kids candy, and then hiding in the walls. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Like I understand why he did it. Why he you know hid in the walls because he didn't. He was innocent and he didn't want to be found. But it's kind of creepy. Yeah. To be fair, Sherman was seriously hitting the ten on the creep scale. Yeah. Like one. Maybe it was a different time back in the, what was it, like 80s, 70s? The 70s, 1977. Yeah. Maybe it was a different time in the 70s, but a grown-ass man should not be handing out candy to random children. Yeah, if it's not Halloween, or if they're not his grandchildren. <laughs> Don't do it. I know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Uh, but who knows? Different times. That was 50 years ago? Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> it was so long ago. Uh, but yeah, he, he was definitely Mac on the Creepometer. Yes. But he wasn't the bad guy. No. Um, the police kill him brutally, um, because, you know, they think it's him, and then he's, uh, proven innocent. Everybody in Cabrini Green is like, oh, man, like, we feel kind of bad now. (laughs) Um, but then he becomes, like, basically the new face of Candyman, and they start calling this entity Candyman. Um, and if I say it enough during this podcast, I will be murdered. Um, Hey, 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 there's no mirrors here. We're good. (laughs) Um... But yeah, it's 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 really good. Uh, the main actor, um, I think he does a really good job um, portraying his character Tony McCoy and slowly turning into Candyman. 
Um, yeah. His actor's name is, okay, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, which nice. I think I said that right. That's, um, that's a baller name. He was also uh, uh, Mr. Manhattan. <laughs> Yes, I think you I, I think you are correct. He is Mr. Manhattan in Watchmen. And he is like also <laughs> going to be in the 2021 uh, remake, not remake, uh, continuation, uh, The Matrix. <laughs> oh, is he the new Morpheus? I think he's the new Morpheus. <laughs> oh, people are going to hate him. <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> like, no matter how good he is, he's not going to be able to live up to... <laughs> <laughs> the cast also includes Tayona Paris... Nathan Stewart Jarrett, Vanessa Estelle Williams, uh, Coleman Domingo, um, Vanessa Williams. Uh, Coleman Domingo is a really cool uh, part of the of the movie. He his his name is. Uh, give me a second. Oh, uh, is it? It's not William. Oh God, it is William. William Burke. He runs the laundromat. This guy. Uh, I've seen him in a couple other shows and movies, one of which was Fear the Walking Dead. I think it was the first time mm-hmm. I like I noticed him and I saw him on the TV. But like every time he's a character, any character he plays is like kind of a, I don't know, not slick and smooth or whatever. Not every time, but just like something about his personality is like, oh, this guy's seen some shit. He's yeah. every every character he has is like, uh, maybe not old, but at least aged in some yeah. way. And like. You talk to him, and he he can he's pretty pretty cool guy or whatever, pretty pretty decent. But you know he's seen something. You know there's something deeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's good. He he does a great job of these of these like clearly something is hidden inside them sort of characters. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, so with the introduction of him, mm-hmm. I want to talk about sort of like. A, a kind of uh, muddled message. Not muddled on purpose. I, I, or yes, on purpose. I think it's purposely like meant to be kind of uh, difficult to, to parse because this stuff can be. But the, the major part of the movie, the, the majority theme is just like, hey, there is a sort of racial violence happening to uh, minority communities, especially black communities in, in the form of housing and in the form of uh, police discrimination and all this other stuff that's going on but there's this like secondary thread with how the characters react to each other like early on you see the the, the white characters uh deal with uh, i forgot the name of the main guy <laughs> anthony <laughs> yeah deal with anthony in in the weirdest like passive aggressive ways like when he talks to the art guy he's like Hey, you're you're the black art guy, mm-hmm. and like that's what we that's what we're looking for. It's like, well, yeah, okay. He he shows him, you know, he's supposed to be opening or have have his art at this guy's studio, and during this, you know, big art gala, and he brings him an art piece, and he's like, oh no 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 no, this is like something you would have done a few years ago. I want something new and fresh. Play on where you're from, and he was like, I don't know where he. Where exactly he said he was from, but from the south, yeah, side or something. I don't know. Yeah, and he in the the curator, uh, art owner, dealer was like, mm, you know, maybe, maybe that's not you know like good enough. And he was like, okay, well, what do you, what the heck do you want from me? And it's it's insinuating, insinuating he wants uh, Tony McCoy to really you know dig deep into how you know racism affects him and how black he is and it's like 
Really? But, <laughs> but the thing is that where he was from wasn't black enough. It has to be more ghetto, more hood. Yeah. Because uh, wherever the hell he was from wasn't mm-hmm. quite black enough. And when he does have this art piece, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, You know, it's based on Candyman. It's this, like, mirror, and he opens it. Or you can open it. And, well, one, it's already, it's an interactive art piece, which is cool. That's fun. But um, on the inside is, you know, the art. And lit up in really cool ways. And he, after talking to this um, critic who tells him it's overplayed and blah, 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 everybody already knows about gentrification and oh, woe is, you know, the plight of uh, the black people. Um, she walks away and he's like, you know, pretty down because this critic basically just said, hey, your art piece is lame and overdone. Nobody cares about these problems anymore she also has uh, the best line in the movie <laughs> which is just like it's you, you, this is this is actually more of a problem like this is your people's fault mm-hmm. and he's like the fuck are you talking about what do you mean <laughs> but our, our... she tries to save herself and she says oh uh, artists young artists you young probably... artists <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my favorite line in yeah. the movie to be honest <laughs> but then he goes you know he he walks away and he talks to um, his girlfriend and this group of people that she's talking to and this uh, taller gentleman who, uh, who is also I think uh, an artist who has his art being on display at the, the gallery um, says that it was an interesting idea uh, but where did he find those those uh, paintings did he find them at a thrift store or in the garbage and he was like um, yeah I found him in the studio where I painted them you piece of shit. Yeah. I think he literally <laughs> Yeah, I think he does, yeah, because then, you know, this guy is, like, kind of taken aback, and the art uh, the art dealer is kind of laughing, and he's, like, you know, makes makes a comment on, on them as well, like, hey, you guys really suck. You wanted me to do something like this, and now you're making fun of it. Yeah, uh, but that aside, you know, the characters, the characters other than the main character being garbage <laughs> uh, people aside... The, there's this in, I thought it was really interesting because like a lot of the characters that come off immediately as like uh, are kind of the white ones and that's kind of uh, part of the show like it's part yeah. of the fact that this is Tony's life and he, everything so far seems to be around the fact that whether he wants it to be or not all of the things he does have to be related to his blackness like mm-hmm. even when he tries to you know just make his own decision white people tell him well is that really black enough or is, should black people care about this anymore? This kind of is your own problem, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like his 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 identity of a black man is trying to be controlled by white people. And while that's all happening, he doesn't get the chance to actually, like, like I thought there would be more camaraderie with him and other black characters in the show, in the movie, but there wasn't. There was also a strange, like, aggression there mm-hmm. where they didn't trust each other or, like, they, like, some of them were, like, the the one who said that his art looked like he bought it at a thrift store, mm-hmm. who were very, I would say, whiteified in their actions or whatever mm-hmm. else in terms of the movie itself. And it just was interesting. It was yeah. interesting. That, I think... I think that comes into play a lot with his girlfriend when she, you know, she's trying to be a curator. She's trying to sell this art. Um, and she finally meets like this really high up 
a woman who lives in New York and like, you know, is very successful and that's where that's where she wants to be. And she's like, okay, well, how about you come to the museum and we'll talk and maybe, you know, I can help you climb the ladder, basically. And so she's really excited and she goes, she goes to talk to this woman who essentially just says, you know, you're here because of who you are, like your background and what happened to you, not because of like your skill and stuff. And you can, you know, become a little more like me and a little less, you know, uh, I <laughs> feel we were talking about this cause I'm white. Um, <laughs> but basically she's, you know, this other curator is saying become a little less black and, uh, just kind of exploit your experiences to better climb the ladder. Yeah. And it happens multiple times around the movie. It's just, the Tony is insulted by or hindered by white society and then further restricted by his own people, mm-hmm. supposedly. Uh, and it's just this constant, like, getting buffeted back and buffeted back when he should have, at least with one of these groups, feel like he's supported in some way. And he's not. And it's I thought that was really interesting because, like, like that, that's definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not until the very end of the movie when the the girlfriend goes through all sorts of shit because of one of the other characters who's also a black man, uh, that she decides, I'm going to trust the candy man. I'm going to trust the the culture of black people who started, who developed here. And, like, she calls for help through the candy man that he kills everyone else and leaves her alive, when which has not happened yet, because she was like, hey, I'm going to ask for my community's actual help and believe in them rather than push away that that part of my life and whatever else and i thought that was lovely i didn't i didn't even think about that i was just thinking oh she wants to see her boyfriend again <laughs> he's a candy man now <laughs> if she says it and he appears she got to see him again um but also maybe he'll kill the cops who are around um <laughs> i mean that too i didn't i didn't think too deep about it um uh, maybe i was just getting a little little uppity i don't know but um Oh, yeah, and then he, you know, in the end, he tells her to just go and tell people. Mm-hmm. Tell the story, tell what's going on. And Tony Todd finally appears, the original Candyman. Um, I th- I'm I'm pretty sure that's his first uh, cameo or, like, appearance in the, in the movie is at the very end. Yeah, and there might have been some scenes where it was him in the reflections because one of the gimmicks of Candyman in this in this version, I'm not sure about the original, is that he exists sort of in the mirrors and in the reflections of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a few times where, like, it's hard to see the face, and sometimes it looks a little distorted, and it might he might have been in one of those, but I'm pretty sure most of those were just Sherman. Yeah. Um, it's also a thing about, like, Candyman is a rabbit eye, but he is also Sherman, and he is also all these men in between who mm-hmm. have been unjustly... Uh, killed intact <laughs> right it's the the collective like anguish and hatred from the black community who have been assaulted and be literally beaten down and killed kind of getting the opportunity to get revenge mm-hmm. and that is the candy man which yeah um, <laughs> i read a few reviews that were saying how like 
oh, the, you know, they thought it was just going to be a stereotypical slasher film, and five minutes in, you know, they felt sorry for white people, or, like, they felt like the movie was, um, really, um, kind of bullying white people and cops and making them out, out to be the bad guy, and it's like somebody else, um, commented on a review who, I think they, they put it really well about how, like, white people love it when, like, you know, there were, like, 30 or so years where Russians were the bad guys and, like, Sylvester Stallone movies and stuff, and nobody cared about that. Nobody was like, oh, those poor Russians. And there were, you know, there's so many other uh, races and uh, peoples who are seen as the bad guys, especially, like, cowboy movies, Native Americans. They're seen as the bad guys a lot of times. And nobody's, you know, white people aren't like, oh, those poor, you know natives are being, you know, shown as the bad guy and everything. It's when, you know, they themselves are seen as kind of the bad guy that they, well, <laughs> I say they, but I mean, I am also white. Well, that white people, you know, are like, oh no, you, you know, we don't like this because this is making us out to be the bad guy. And a lot of times white people only like to see movies in what they perceive as, you know, good and bad and right and wrong and everything. And it's only now that, you know, in the last few years, people have been, you know, putting non-white people uh, as main characters and making, you know, showing their experiences with white people and stuff. And I think it's just, you know, they they don't want to see the bad things that they they yeah. <laughs> I'm white I keep saying they I don't want to be um so <laughs> no 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 um but it it's you know makes makes them makes us uncomfortable because it's like you know we don't we don't want to see the bad things that we have done we don't want to have to take responsibility for it so now we're going to say oh why don't you, you just get over it and whatever and it's like no like these are their experiences they're going to show us that those experiences like we've shown our experiences for forever since cinema began hmm. so why not you know let people of color um show their experiences like yeah I also think that comment, <clears throat> that review or whatever, didn't really pay attention because, like I said, like a whole uh, chunk of this movie is the fact that he is uh, up against these these issues against mm -hmm. both white and black people because the the community that he's supposed to be a part of is choosing to go away from that, like choosing to to you know reject that in order to make their way forward, which in some ways is like. Yeah, okay, whatever, that makes sense. But, like, that person clearly didn't watch what yeah. was going on. Yeah, they watched the first five minutes, and then were like, eh, that's the only thing I'm going to learn. I guess. I don't know. Uh, I had a thought in my brain. What was it? Oh, um, so another little just thought, I guess, that I, that I have is that um, even though, you know, seeing your own, it doesn't matter if you're white or not, seeing, you know, the bad things that someone of your same race has done, or seeing, you know, 
some of the, the bad things that cops have done. Like, you can't just be like, oh, no, 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 let's not talk about that. You still have to, like, take responsibility for it and be like, no, yeah, like, that happens, mm-hmm. you know? Like, people who, um, like, okay, cops are not always bad, I guess. They're, you know, there for a reason. But you have to accept that cops are aggressive and that a lot of times they do have, uh, oh God, what's the word? I'm not as like eloquent (laughs) as I'm sure some people would hope. Um, they have prejudices and like stereotypes in their mind that, you know, make it so that sometimes they make decisions and choices that aren't exactly right. Um, you know, they hurt people and they kill people and, um, you have to accept that fact you know you can't just say oh no we we support all cops and you know blue lives matter because in the end they chose to be a cop Mm -hmm. and they uh unfortunately whether they really realize it or not have been trained in a certain way that makes them see certain groups of people as negative as the enemy um so yeah that's what i think yeah and you're right i mean no matter what they want to do as a police officer, like I'm sure there's plenty of people who join, like, I want to be a part of the community and blah, blah, blah. You're joining an authoritarian group. Like, no <laughs> matter what, that is what a, the police force are. They're a group that are meant to control and be the authority of any community. <clears throat> and that automatically puts them at odds against their community. They, they are the ones telling the community, this is what is wrong and we're going to stop, we're going to control you. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, it's going to be that sort of tension. And when prejudices do get involved, then that tension becomes far more painful mm-hmm. and difficult. And there's, you know, there are good cops who, you know, really try their best to, you know, do what they think is right. But they might not know that they have hidden biases or like something that they learn when they were a kid that is damaging or toxic or you know they could be a real good person and then they enter the task force and maybe they you know are surrounded by all these people who you know believe a certain way and because i mean i feel like uh not all but a majority of people who want to be cops you know, they all are going to, like, think along the same lines. Um, So, you know, you're going to be around those people for so long that, you know, you're going to start to think like them. You're going to start to um, play by their rules because they're playing their game. Right. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, talking a lot about cops. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean <that's, laughs> they only show up in like the last <laughs> ten minutes of the movie, but still, it's an important part. Yeah, and the the scenes with the police officers were the only are two primary scenes, but the effect that they have on mm-hmm. the communities is a major part of the entire movie. So I, it's important. Yeah, it's and it's the, the the way they portray them is not surprising. Like even even if I had you know never learned the things I've learned in my life and whatever. If I had, if I had seen, you know, a group of cops beat up someone after storming a building, I wouldn't be surprised about it. And I think that's kind of (laughs) sad. Like (laughs) to, to see a cop literally beating somebody up so bad and then just being like, oh yeah, that's, that's, that's just what happens. I feel like that's really unfortunate. 
to yeah. like have that be the norm. I feel like cops should have the ability to resolve a situation without violence. That should be violence should be the like the last thing that they have to do. Mm-hmm. But it's usually the first thing they try. So <laughs> unfortunately. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, any last words about the movie before we leave? Um, I don't know. I think it's a really good movie and that a lot of people should watch it. Even people who are, you know, snobby about being white or snobby about cops or something. I think you should watch it. And maybe you'll learn something. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll get angry. Maybe you'll like it. I don't know. But That's either it. way, it's a good movie. Um, it has a lot of really good shots, um, especially when it comes to the mirrors. Um, there's a scene where a group of girls uh, in a high school say Candyman five times, and obviously he attacks them because that's the whole point. That's um, his gimmick. Which <laughs> I also don't understand that. There's a lot about the lore of Candyman that doesn't. <laughs> um, but they show one of the girls um, being murdered through this, you know, little makeup mirror compact. compact. There we go. Um, <laughs> thanks for knowing more about makeup than me. Um, and I, I know it was a really cool scene. Yeah. No, the, the whole thing was pretty neat. Uh, there was a lot of different, uh, scenes and shots that were truly just like, Ooh, I candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> one of the, the very first murder scene also fucking awesome. It was, was very good. It was very great. Um, the the fact that you can only see him through a mirror is really cool. Yeah, it made me all constantly looking at every reflective surface in that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they actually put in like a bunch of little shots of like, oh, he's around the corner, he's doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than I expected, because usually a lot of times they they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I appreciated that. I feel like maybe that also has to do with um, the fact that all most of the you know main cast are people of color, and I mean. The threat of something like the happening of Candyman is Always a lot there. of times so right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the few times that you see him in the reflective services and he doesn't kill someone is when he's sort of watching over mm-hmm. people of color as well, which is uh, a fun little thing that I hit, hadn't noticed until after the movie. Uh, but hey, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, saints are usually killed in very brutal ways. I and, Saint uh, Candyman. What Saint, Saint Rabbitai. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that's a good note to end on. Mm-hmm. I, I hope you guys watched the movie. I hope you guys had a good time. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I remember to check out whatever's going on on the YouTube channel. Other than this as well, there's gonna be some fun stuff. Um, bye.